Isaac Shade here, co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Join Andy Patton and me every Monday as we break down all the buzzer-beating action, conference rivalry games, and need-to-know bubble matchups ahead of the NCAA tournament. Check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. There are reasons to feel optimistic about the football team. However, the basketball team had some tough luck this week, and we're going to talk about it all right here on the Locked On Vandy podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked On Vandy, your daily podcast on the Vanderbilt Commodores, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Vandy podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Corey Burton. Thank you for making Locked On Vandy your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Well, the snow has uh, the snow is falling here in Nashville. Um, it is a it is set to be a snowy week. Um, but uh, despite the snow, there's going to be plenty of optimism surrounding this Vanderbilt football program. I'm optimistic about them. I think the goal of making a bowl game is well within reach. Again, that's crazy of me to say coming af- coming off the heels of a 2-10 and ten season where Vanderbilt football did not look the strongest in any game they played in. But, again, I'm optimistic. Here's why. All right, first reason, you go out and get, you, you, you have a major need at quarterback, you go out and get one, Nate Johnson. Uh, if you watched him at Utah – he is a freshman. Kid showed promise, man. Like we, we broke down his tape. There's some other episodes if you uh, if you want to go and uh, subscribe to our channel and go look at the other go look at the other episodes that are in there. Uh, there is some stuff about Nate Johnson. I break down his tape, things like that. But I mean, the guy is a the guy's a weapon. I mean, he's a weapon with his feet, weapon with his with his throws. He played in a system at Utah that asked him to do a lot of different things. So like, there's not. He's not a one-trick pony, which with a lot of these athletic quarterbacks that you get, some of them are one-trick ponies, and, and that's just kind of the way it happens. You know, it's, it's nobody's fault. But for Nate Johnson, he comes in, he's got the tools. He's got a good arm. He's savvy. He understands. I think he's starting to – I think he started to understand defenses there at Utah. Uh, I think he came in – uh, he's really, really good in the quarterback run game. So I think there's that element to it. I think that adds to the RPO, the, the levels of the RPOs and things like that. It seemed like he kind of started to understand, especially the first level RPOs, because they essentially became uh, triple option plays with various various methods of of getting that third option, whether it was a whether it was a, a arrow route out of the tight end or or what I call a slip route or a bubble out of number three, something out of the backfield. Um, just there, there was a lot of different ways that they got to those things. And Nate Johnson, I felt like, can can handle that. 
And he's a competitor. He's a gamer. And so I really like the pickup of, of, of Nate Johnson. Also at the quarterback position, you get two really good high schoolers. You get, uh, you get St. Hilaire and Muschamp out of Chattanooga. Both played in the state championship game. Obviously, one of them had to lose, but uh, you, know, you get two really good competitive quarterbacks with slightly different skill sets to come in. And, you know, those guys don't count those guys out of the race either. I mean, those guys are, are, are super, super talented. So you, sh- I, I think you shore up the quarterback position with some similar skill set guys, but in their similarities, some of their differences also um, are noted and some of their differences are they're not bad differences but like you have an offensive coordinator and that's going to be my next point here you have an offensive coordinator that's going to take advantage of those and that's got to be exciting to 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 Vanderbilt fans you have a I I think you've made the right I think Clark Lee has made the right hire at the offensive coordinator spot he's made really good I feel like he's made really good hires all around um, getting you know filling needs on the staff not just with people he knows in his own network, but I think going out of the box, I, I think being able to get Tim Beck to come, what, which presumably is understood to be just be a one-year thing because, you know, Clark Lee's seat is red hot and rightfully so, but uh, I think him be, I think him coming over tells you that Clark Lee is, that the light bulb might be flickering on a little bit. And so we've broke down we broke down Tim Beck at nauseum. Like we we broke down a bunch of stuff within his scheme. You know, I've talked about things that he does really, really well, and those things will will help the quarterback position. I think they will help the offensive line, which is still something that needs to be addressed in the portal. But I think the scheme will help this offensive line not look bad, right? Because you know, if you if if you have a system that that makes you or that oftentimes leaves you running into loaded boxes or, you know, having to protect in obvious passing situations, getting yourself behind the sticks and things like that, not winning first down is a huge thing. So having an asset in the quarterback run game will help you win first down more, more times than not. And and that's important as well. So I, I think with those two things, at least I think they, I think they should, possibly struck some gold there um, with Tim Beck and Nate Johnson because of what they do and what they can what they can help you do, especially on first down. Uh, you you get some weapons. Uh, you lose some weapons, obviously. McGowan, Humphreys, and and uh, Shepard were, were pretty good. <laughs> Not gonna lie, like that, you know, that hurts losing those three. Um, but you replace them with uh, some talent, but like some unknown talent. So you know, I, nobody kind of knows what what Dylan and and uh, and uh, Foyk bring. You know, nobody knows what those two bring, and they didn't play a whole lot in their respective destinations uh, due to whatever circumstances. Probably why they're in the transfer portal. Uh, but if you look at their high school tape, you you can see the talent. You can see what they are capable of. You can see the ceiling that they have. Both big targets. Will will bode well in this offense. Uh, I had Stephen Willis on um, to to talk about Jeremiah Dillon. He talked a little bit about Ole Miss basketball too, but uh, he came on talked about Jeremiah Dillon, 
and described him as smooth. Well, there's some there's some shot plays and there's some things in this offense that take advantage of that a smooth receiver. And this group is going to be relatively unknown. And, and we kind of knew that coming into the season, you know, you would have liked to have held on to at least one of the three stars that left between McGowan, Shepard and Humphreys, but you lose all three and you can't sit there and, you know, mope and cry over the spilled milk or whatever the saying is. Um, but you just have to kind of move on and start over, which I think the scheme, the scheme can kind of help, inexperienced receivers uh, kind of settle in because it is run heavy with not only running back runs, but quarterback runs, RPOs, uh, quick game, uh, pocket moving stuff, like things that put receivers in good position for success is uh, is what this offense is all about. And it's, it's trying to put your offensive line and quarterback in the best position to be successful as well. Uh, because if your offensive line fails, it doesn't matter who else you have. You could have 11 me's out there. Um, if the, Well, you could have – well, no, it wouldn't be 11. That wouldn't be the right math. But you could have six me's out there. It wouldn't matter if your offensive line is bad, right? If your offensive line is good and you have six, six of me out there, uh, you're probably going to be in pretty big trouble. Um, but if your offensive line is bad, you can, uh, you can just say, good night, nurse. We're just going to start. We're just going to blow up and start this thing over again. But um, that's not the case um, here. I think scheme scheme wise, they they they're going to. I think Tim Beck is going to kind of is going to help out his offensive line, which is really really good. Uh, still positioning Joshua Raymond, top freshman at that position coming in. I, I think he'll play a big factor uh, down the down the road. Uh, defensively, there's re- well actually I'm going to go back to offense real quick. Uh, Tyler Fortenberry is going to be a massive piece in this offense figure literally and figuratively because the tight end position in a Timbeck and Timbeck scheme is vital. You, you saw it at New Mexico state. They featured the tight end a lot. The tight end was a big part of the RPO game, a big part of the run run blocking uh, quick game stuff. There's some short concepts there. Uh, it's got to be a good pass protector too. Because if you're putting the quarterback on on the on the edge and and having him move, you're going to need somebody that can protect the passer a little bit too in some of these max protect schemes. So your tight end's going to have to a be smart and understand spacing and spatial awareness. B going to have to understand protections and and how to how to diagnose different you know pressures and things like that. So why not get a former quarterback converted to tight end from junior college in Tyler Fortenberry? I'm excited about that one as well. Optimism, optimism, optimism. So, um, well, we're going to continue this discussion here. I'm gonna, we're going to take a quick, quick break, but we're going to continue this discussion because I, I want to take a look at why the defense has given me and the special teams is giving me optimism. We're going to, and then we're, we're going to make it around to basketball too. So we're going to get to all of that here next. All right, brought this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL season, the NFL regular season is definitely in the books. Uh, the NFL playoffs have more have just about wrapped up, so we're getting ready to get into the uh, divisional round here. But there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet. 
That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use. There's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. That's obviously the best way to find popular parlays. And there's so much more. Uh, so visit FanDuel.com slash on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back. It is the Locked On Vanny Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are back. Segment two. Thanks for making thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Be sure to check out our guys over at uh, Locked On SEC to uh for more information chris gordy does a phenomenal job over there so be sure to make that your second listen and uh also find us on social media at locked on vandy x and ig uh right now and uh you find us there chit chat all that good stuff part of the locked on podcast network your team every day um of course um, all day every day man uh so this want to thank the everydayers for making all of this possible this would not be possible without you. So I appreciate you. Pass the word. Let's let's get more in the everydayer club. Right? We'll call it the everydayer club. Get more in there. We'll figure it out. Get more, if we get the subscri- subscriptions up to a thousand, maybe maybe we're looking at next football season a live pregame show every Saturday morning. If we can get up north of a thousand, maybe get to two thousand. I'll do one. I'll do a live show from a tailgate. I have some friends at tailgate. I'll do it from their tailgate. All right. We'll set up some live remote stuff. We'll we'll do some. I'm I'm willing to do a few things if we get the subscriber base up. Right. Um. You know, we got to make it worthwhile. Right. So let, let, let's pass the word around. You get to see me in the flesh and blood because I'm 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 a I'm a Nashville resident and been one for 15 years, and so uh, we're uh, we're all good here. So let's uh, let's do that. But first, um, before we can ever get to 1,000 subscribers, we got to make it through this episode. So uh, talking about football and why the optimism is there, well, we talked about the offense in the last, last segment. There's a lot to be excited about offensively, starting with the quarterback, all the way throughout all positions. Even though the wide receiver group is unproven and vastly widely unknown, that's going to be well, – I mean, it's going to be exciting to find out kind of what they can do. They, there's a lot of – Potential there. I, the ceiling's high. I don't know about the floor, but the ceiling's high, and uh, we'll see kind of what these receivers can uh, can do. You know, Dylan and Foundy are uh, are two receivers that are coming in that are going to be really really good. So the bowl game is in reach. I, I think that goal is intact. I think that goal is very much in reach. And again, you're probably thinking, pump the brakes. I'm not going to pump the brakes. I'm all gas, no brakes, as Robert Sala would say. Uh, here's why. 
Defense, okay? Uh, defense was abysmal last year, much like the offense. Well, if you noticed, both coordinators got fired. You hired Tim Beck as offense coordinator, and Clark Lee says, you know what? Eh, my seat's hot. Uh, I'm going to take over the defense. Right, and 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 that he should that he should do, uh, because he was an excellent defensive coordinator um, at Notre Dame. He was uh, he was excellent in, in his schemes. You always saw the, uh, Notre Dame's defense flying around. You always saw them well prepared. You always saw them tackle well, uh, and, and it, it seems like all that was lost when he came to Vandy because obviously he has to be the head coach, and there's a lot other stuff that come with that that doesn't allow him to really kind of get down into the scheme. And we're going to find out this year if he's, you know, head coach material because this is it for him. And he knows it. That's why he's taking over the defense. So he's either going to get reps at defense. He's either going to get uh, some game film for auditions for defense coordinator roles, or he's going to blow this thing out of the water. And, and here we go. Like Vandy could be a viable team. So, yeah, I, I think it's a, you know, it's a win-win. You know, if if it goes if it goes south in a hurry, uh, Vanderbilt can can cut bait and say, okay, um, Clark, this didn't work out, man. We appreciate your service, all that good stuff. And Clark Lee can be like, okay, well, I've got some defense coordinator film, most recent here. Um, blah 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 blah. Here's my resume, all that good stuff. All right, that's neither here nor there. I don't want to ramble too much, but here here's why I feel optimistic about the defense. Clark Lee taking it over. Again, I said why his teams at Notre Dame look the way they look. You're starting to kind of break down his uh, schemes and stuff. He actually has an aggressive style of defense. And they're, they're physical. Uh, they come after you a little bit. They, they don't sit back and, and play coverage a whole lot. Sometimes they probably will, depending on the situation. But it seems like they really, really like coming after you. They really like playing cover one. Uh, they'll do it early in the game. They'll do it in on second down. They'll do it on third down, uh, third and medium or more, uh, third and short. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start to kind of take a look at some run situations and kind of see how they play those. Uh, and some notable games that year, uh, I think 2019 was the last year that he was defensive coordinator. Uh, so I'm going to look at some of the notable games from that year. Uh, they played Georgia, USC, I think they played Michigan, Michigan State. There were some, there were some pretty solid games in there uh, that they played that we can take a look at, kind of see how they did against the run, uh, because I think they did pretty well against the run. They were pretty stingy. So uh, if they can stop the run, they'll they'll be they'll be really really good. So I'm gonna take we're, we're gonna explore that as we go. We're gonna kind of see what what he's what he looks like against the run. So I'm excited for one that he's taking over the defense. There's some pieces that have coming in. Uh, Zalen Wood, um, you know, Corday Sindor, you have uh, the defensive defensive line, defensive front. You have uh, three early enrollees uh, coming in. Uh, look at past episodes for those breakdowns, but you have three of those guys coming in. You have uh, Randon Fontenet coming in. You have two really good corners uh, coming in from the transfer portal, Marlon Jones and Colby Taylor. Uh, Colby Taylor is six foot four, which we'll see if he can flip his hips and turn and run because uh, DBs usually have to be a little bit shorter and more nimble. But, you know, if you get a big, tall guy with long arms, man, that's a tough, tough target to to throw around. And, and so to see him sitting out there. A, a coaching friend of mine used to say, 
um, it used to do this. So he had a he had a team that like he had to kind of do some smoke and mirrors to kind of win some games. So he had a team out there. He he, he would say, you know what? I take my tallest kid, throw him out there at corner. Doesn't matter how good he is. If they see that big big dude out there, they're not throwing to him. And it actually works sometimes. But I think there are some teams, obviously, the more well-coached teams were going to figure out that that guy couldn't run and they were going to go after him. But, you know, not saying Colby Taylor's that guy, but, like, just being six foot four is physically imposing enough. So um, I'm really excited about uh, about the defense there um, as well. I think you're going to see a lot more movement on the defensive line. So those guys being undersized is not going to be as big of a deal um, because they're going to be moving, twisting, stunting, all that good stuff. Uh, the linebackers are going to be moving around as well. So, again, lots of exciting things coming through the portal, special teams. You get a whole new special teams unit um, with a long snapper, punter, and kicker. Uh, you get the guy from Ohio State who had a really good run. Uh, didn't punt much this past year, or maybe it was the year before. Didn't, there was one year where he didn't punt a whole lot uh, because their offense just really didn't punt a whole lot because they were good. It's like Brett Thorson down in Georgia. He's a he's a hilarious social media follow if you want to follow him. Uh, but uh, you know you, you get short up in a lot of different areas, and it's uh, it's really really good. So uh, a lot of optimism, man. Like I'm I'm really excited about it. Bowl game is in reach. Lots of things surrounding this team. Lots of pieces. We're going to keep breaking those pieces down. We're going to break them down, break them down, break them down until you're probably tired of hearing about it and you're ready for new stuff. Well, well new, new stories are going to emerge in the spring. You're going to hear some guys on the roster that I haven't been talking about, and that'll probably be making start making impacts and stuff like that. So some exciting things around. Um uh, don't get it twisted. But uh, when we come back, we're going to talk some basketball. We're going to talk some hoops. Men's and women's teams had had a tough weekend, unfortunately. Um, you know, but it is what it is. It's what happens. And uh, we'll break it down right here next. All right. Talking about Jace Medical. This, this episode is also brought to you by Jace Medical. And I know you guys are – Oftentimes, you want to look for sports to be an escape from some crazy realities of real life. But can we just talk about a minute for uh, about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if your significant other or one of your kids got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from life-saving medication that they needed. Thankfully, they'll be okay because of Jace Medical. Jace, the Jace case, excuse me, the Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics used to treat a long list, used to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It has never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your first order.
All right, segment three, we're going to wrap this thing up. Basketball. This is the Locked On Vandy podcast, by the way. Thanks for making us your first listen. Uh, why don't you make your third listen, Locked On Ole Miss? Because they'll probably he'll probably have the flip side of of this game that we're about to talk about here. Um, but uh, yeah, we're we're going to take a look at that as well. So uh, tough tough weekend for the 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 Vanderbilt basketball teams. Uh, you know the women dropped their first loss at home. They fall short to Missouri. Uh, 65-63 in a hard-fought game. Um, and uh, it was just just wasn't meant to be. Um, they have to figure out ways to finish. I, I think some of the some of the communication woes went against them. And I'm doing this chronologically, by the way. Um, rebounding was not really good. They got out-rebounded almost by double. And, um, yeah, not good there. So finishing down the stretch, just went cold, uh, got out-rebounded, got kind of bullied in the paint a little bit. Um, but for the most part, uh, not a bad effort, really good effort, actually. They played extremely hard. But um, we know that Iona Moore and, and we know what Iona Moore and Jordan Cambridge bring to the table, but Khalil, Camille, not Khalil, Camille Pierre is becoming a very, very special player. She's a freshman. She finished with 16 points. That's her career high and 12 rebounds. That's a double-double. She's the she's the sixth one. She's the first one off the bench. So um, might be finding a way into the five here very, very soon. On the men's side, uh, this is the concerning part, right? Uh, this is this is and I, and I really don't want to be negative. Really, 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 really don't want to be negative. And thankfully, I can't be too negative because I only got five minutes left uh, to give you all of my thoughts. But I, I, I just I'm starting to think that Stackhouse is not the right guy. And you love him. He's a he's a good guy. He means well. He wants to win. He's competitive. But I just don't think he's a real. I just don't think he's a college coach. I mean, there's. You know, some people are just built for college. Some people aren't. I don't think Stackhouse is made for college. Uh, you know, Vanderbilt lost today. Uh, you know, the score wasn't so bad. It was 69-56, so it wasn't terrible. Uh, but Vanderbilt is 5-11. and uh, They're 0-3 in league play. And they trailed for all but 24 seconds. Let's let that sink in a little bit. They tr- they only they only had the lead for 24 seconds of the entire game. All right, so here's the thing, and this has been a problem all year long, and this is why I'm starting to this is why I'm starting to think that Jerry Stackhouse is not the guy, and I'm trying to trying to be optimistic. Okay, here here's the good. So I'll give you the good, bad, the ugly. Okay, so I'll start with the good. I don't want to be too negative, right? I hate being negative. Don't want to be negative. So the good, obviously, Ezra Manion is 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 a is a baller. Ty- Tyler. Tyron Lawrence is also a baller. We we love those two. They're stars. And an emerging star is Jason Rivera Torres. You know, he's he had another uh double digit night or double digit day on Saturday. Um he's he's starting to kind of understand it. He's starting it's starting to kind of click for him. But again, why is it not clicking for the team then? You have three really, really good players, but why is it not clicking for the team? Well, Here's the bad. Their three-point defense. Van, Vandy allowed Ole Miss to shoot 40% from three-point land. That ain't good. 
you're not going to win a whole lot of games if you can't close out around the perimeter. Also, rebounding on both sides, right? Uh, they were out-rebounded, as they have been just about every game. Uh, they they let in 13 second-chance points, and they allowed 12 rebounds and, uh, and then 13 second-chance points. They were significantly outmatched in the front court. They couldn't do anything. They were just getting bullied down on the block. They they didn't have anybody that they could dump it into on the offensive side of the ball that can kind of go put it next to the rim. They have nothing, no presence around the rim. And may, some of that's maybe due to injury. I don't know. But when you don't have a presence around the rim, you've got to change the way you play. And I just don't think that they're doing that. Here's the ugly. You got two minutes. Here's the ugly. Shooting. Why in the heck are we not shooting well? Still, like how is this still an issue? You go on these huge, huge scoring droughts. You can't do that. It's consistency, right? You, you, you go on a run and then you and then you just completely squander it by going cold. You can't hit the broad side of a barn, whether it's you just lack the execution of being able to hit an open shot. You're taking bad shot selection. You're not moving the ball around or you're just getting defended. Like either way, you're not, you're not opening. You're just not moving around enough. You're not opening things for yourself. And that's a coaching thing. Like you have to, as a coach, you have to be able to get these guys to understand ball movement, you have to have some set pieces there. You have to have things that are going to create good shots for you. If you don't, these guys are just going to sit back and launch threes because they've been watching Steph Curry all, all their life do the same thing. So, hey, why not? Works for him, works for me. you got to be able to coach them into good shot selection, executing, and, and actually have an offense. I just don't see any of that. This is like the two teams that come to mind when I watch this Vanderbilt team is watching Ole Miss last year and watching Georgia last year. Both teams had horrible shot selection. Both teams looked like they had just met each other five minutes before the game. Both teams were not – both teams you could see that there was a, some, some, a little bit of good coaching coming through. Obviously, with Georgia, it was a talent deficiency. They were – they did everything they could. Uh, with Ole Miss, they were not well coached. They had some talent there, but they were not well coached. And uh, I think the same thing with Vanderbilt. I think Vanderbilt is just – I think their basketball team is just in some deep doo-doo right now. And they're just going to have to get somebody that – like they're going to have to find somebody. And I don't, know, I don't know if this type of coach will work out, but they have to find somebody that can recruit, 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 build the roster – and then coach it up later, I guess. I don't know what's going to happen there. But, uh, again, not acceptable to, to, to go out by not being able to shoot again. Like, you've got to fix these issues that you, you have to or, or you don't, and you're looking for a job. Who knows? Um, but uh, tough, tough weekend. The, the, the women's team has a lot of promise. They just got to figure out how to close out down the stretch in some of these closer games. Um and then the men's team has got to find some consistency, man. They just got to. 
They've got to be able to execute. They've got to be able to shoot better. And they got to be able to make up for their lack of presence inside because they're not going to ever, ha- they're not going to have a presence inside this year. They just need to, they just need to forget about that. And they need to find a way around it, coach their way out of it. Right. So anyway, that's going to do it. I've gone over time a little bit. So uh, this is the Lockdown Vandy podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, if you are listening from the Nashville area, I hope you stay safe with all the snow. Uh, don't get out and drive if you don't have to. Uh, but just stay inside. Listen, listen to the the full the full lineup of Locked On podcast, starting with this one. So we we thank you, everydayers, for making all of this possible. We hope that number grows, and will continue to grow. We'll all do everything I can to make sure race to a thousand here. Uh, see you back here tomorrow, uh, unless something changes. Uh, should be with Kurt Page. So get excited about that. Um, but until then, as always, you know the drill. Anchor down. We'll see you back tomorrow. Goodbye.